Here we go. You're listening to Rumination Tuesday on Law and Gospel on this August the 3rd in the year of our Lord 2021, on which day we take a look at the hymn assigned for this coming Sunday. And this is going to be the 11th Sunday after Pentecost, August the 8th. The hymn is Lord Enthroned in Heavenly Splendor, written by George Huge Burney, died in 1925. His entire life was of ecclesiastical service in the Church of England, even to the ripe old age of 85 years old. He became warden of St. Edmund's School at Salisbury. He believed that the institution students needed additional hymns for singing after communion, so he set out to supply them. And this hymn really provides those points. Now, in the hymnal we use, there are four of his original ten stanzas, and it can be used for various occasions, such as Communion, Our Redeemer Sunday, Ascension, and so forth. So this is a hymn that we're going to be taking a look at today. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me is Pastor Mark Smith. Hi, Mark. Hey, Tom. How you doing? I'm doing real good, and I'm just good. thinking that this is a hymn that I am using this Sunday. Uh, what, what's your thinking? Well, I wondered what you meant by so forth. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I'm, we are definitely going to—we're going to use this hymn as the opening hymn. It's the, it's the appointed hymn of the day, of course, and we're going to use it as the opening hymn. You know, it talks about heavenly manna, and uh, if, if you use the, the Concordia Publishing House— uh, every Sunday bulletins, you've got this big, huge, uh, big, huge loaf of bread sitting on the on the cover. <laughs> so, oh, I didn't see. I, we don't get the bulletin; we just get the three readings. Uh-huh, but uh-huh. the Holy Gospel, I am the bread of life. Right. And so that's what the sermon's going to be about. So we're using it as a sermon hymn. Uh huh. Sure. Sure. Yeah, I'm going to be preaching on. Uh, First uh, uh, Kings nineteen. First uh, so. Kings, that's not even. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh that's about <laughs> Ahab going after yeah. Ahab Elijah. And Jezebel going after Elijah. Yes. You know, she said, uh, "Boy, if you're not dead within a certain time, yeah, then may God do to me and more." Yeah, and I guess and that did. did happen to her. <laughs> he did. He was she what fell fell out of the window into the street and was eaten up by dogs. Yes. Yeah, old Jezebel. She was wicked. I know of no child named Jezebel. I don't either. But my <laughs> uncle named his black Labrador retriever Jezebel. Yeah. If you remember the old Roy Rogers 
uh, sitcom or, or program. Sure. One of his side one of his sidekicks had a jeep that he named Jezebel. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I remember that from my from my childhood days watching Roy Rogers. Yeah, boy, Jezebel. Yeah, yeah it wasn't Tonto. No, <laughs> different story. And then, so, uh, yeah. then Jezebel's talked about in Revelation too. There's some. There was some wicked. Uh, Wicked woman in Re- in the book of Revelation that was uh, talked about among those seven churches named yep. Jezebel. Yeah. yeah, they were following her teachings. Right. And, um, yeah, we were just taking a look at women pastors recently, and one of them has taken millions of dollars from a congregation. She's the bishop. Because they don't believe in homosexuality. Oh, boy. Wow. And so, so there's a big fight going on there. I guess so. Yeah, you yeah, want to belong money, money to a member of... A, money will always bring a fight, that's for sure. <laughs> well, you want to be a member of a church like the Methodists where you don't say who your pastor is and such. You deserve what you get. So... <laughs> yeah. All right, Lord enthroned in heavenly splendor, if you will please read the first stanza. I'll be happy to. Lord enthroned in heavenly splendor, first begotten from the dead, you alone are strong defender, lifting up your people's head. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Jesus, true and living bread. Jesus, true and living bread. It's yes. hard to it's hard to say those lyrics without singing them, frankly. Yeah, that's good. Yes, this whole idea. What does it mean? He's enthroned in heavenly splendor. Well, he's uh, he's ascended. He's the first begotten from the dead. He's the he's the fruit first fruits of them that sleep. He's he's the resurrected and ascended Lord, and he's in heavenly splendor. So. Line one and line two are not chronological. Uh, line one is a result of line two. Right. Yeah, line Namely, two talks about his birth in Bethlehem. Yes. No, no, line two talks about his resurrection. Well, it says, as of old, you as of old in Bethlehem. No, no. I said oh, I, I take line that, I, I take that two. You're talking about line two, not stanza two. I beg your pardon. Right. Yeah. So the first line is the result. He's enthroned in heavenly splendor. Because of the second line, he's the first begotten from the dead. Yeah. Talks about his uh, ascension before it talks about his resurrection. Exactly. And it's because of his resurrection that he ascended. Right. Remember what he says? Isn't it Mary who wants to touch him? Yes. Do not touch me. Do not, do not cling to me. That's the better translation. I always figure when I was a kid, if she touched him, she'd be zapped or something. <laughs> but it was, she was holding on to him. And the point he was making is that once she lets go, 
shall be closer to him in the words of institution of the Lord's Supper than there at the tomb. And uh, once he's ascended, he fills all time and space, even according to his human nature. So, I mean, he's with us even now, even though we can't see him, even according to his human nature, as well as his divine nature. You know, God is, you know, we know God is everywhere, but, uh, but Jesus will be, be with us. He says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. That's, that's I think, what he was, uh, one, one of the truths he was trying to impart with Mary Magdalene. And you're right. He's, in, he's there in a special way in the Holy Supper. You know, there are, unfortunately, Christian denominations that don't believe in the Lord's Supper because they don't think that the humanity of Jesus is there. Can you right. think of a time after his ascension that Jesus in his humanity appeared? Let's see, after his, after his ascension? Yes. Um, well, he appeared to the Apostle Paul in the sky. Remember Excellent. when Paul, Paul was yep. on the road to Damascus? Well said. That's the one I was thinking of. Good, good thinking. Uh, I am the one you are, what? You're persecuting. Exactly. And that brought faith to the Apostle Paul. Yeah. So, you alone are strong defender, lifting up your people's head. Now, there's a metaphor. Yeah, yeah. What does that mean, lifting well, up our see, head? Jesus, Jesus is the first begotten from the dead. He's, he's, he's ascended. He's resurrected, ascended. And we, the church, are his body. And uh, so Jesus, by his ascension, is lifting up his people's head. Where, where the head is, though, there also is the body. Yes, but it's their own head lifted up. When you see somebody coming towards you and their head is down, yeah, what kind of attitude does that provide? Uh, not, not encouraging. You think, well, what's wrong with you? You know, exactly. what, what are you down about? Mm -hmm. But with their head high, it doesn't matter what they're going through because they're trusting the promises of Jesus. Yeah. Uh huh. Because He's the true and living bread. Right. Now, that's got to have to be explained. Why would Jesus choose the metaphor bread? Well, it, it probably follows with, you know, last Sunday talked about him being the true manna sent by God from heaven. Excellent. Uh, that's what Israel received as bread in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. And remember, he fed 5,000, and he said, they did not understand the sign. They yes. thought I was here to be an earthly king, but that was a sign I was a heavenly king, God himself, who had brought down that manna. And now that manna was Jesus, the living bread. Right. And he who eats of this bread will no longer hunger. Yes. All right, stanza two, please. Though the lowliest form now veil you, as of old in Bethlehem, here as there 
Your angels hail you, branch and flower of Jesse's stem. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. We in worship join with them. We in worship join with them. That's a neat verse. The lowliest form now veil you. What's that specific? Another metaphor. What's that yeah. talking about? Uh, well, his, uh, his I, I guess it's talking about his state of humiliation. Uh, becoming man. Uh, being conceived in the womb of his mother Mary. And becoming man, though the lowliest form now veil you, just like in Bethlehem. Uh, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, is he talking about the bread of the Lord's Supper? Yes, in just fact. Ordinary, ordinary bread, ordinary bread and wine. They veil Jesus. He, you know, he is that. Uh, could that be what what he's getting at there? What I well, was taught. Go ahead. What I was talking about at the beginning is he believed that the institution students needed additional hymns for singing after communion. So he right. set out to supply them. Right. And, and therefore, this was the first part. And that can be missed because talk about Jesus being veiled in a piece of bread yeah. and a sip of wine. Right. And in the same way, it's like going to Bethlehem and seeing a little baby in the manger. And if someone just saw that, no one would jump up and say, I just saw God. Yeah. Hey, I got a question for you, Tom. It's, it's oh. just kind of a question out of the blue. Which would you rather... Which would you rather behold? Uh, would you rather take the bread and wine of the Lord's Supper, the body and blood of Christ, or would you rather kneel at the very manger with the little Lord Jesus in it? That's kind of a tough question, isn't it? My answer is going to surprise you. <laughs> when you go to the Lord's Supper, you are kneeling at the manger. That that's right. Yeah, good point. Excellent point. That's right. Yeah, that's why we sing. Um, that's why we sing uh, the Nunc Dimittis. Yep. Like like Simeon, like Simeon in the temple, uh, sang that. Lord, now let us thou thy servant depart in peace. Right. Because he's seen the Redeemer, and I right. was a little baby. Yeah. And we have we have beheld the Redeemer and taken and eaten him in the form of bread and wine. Yeah. Exactly. And that's a proclamation also of his incarnation. Right. And so we're also at his birthplace. So we know the angels were hailing him to the shepherds. It says that the angels continue to hail him, branch and flower of Jesse's stem. Now, for those who may not understand that, what, what is that referring to? Yeah, that's, uh, he's a descendant of Jesse, who was yep. the father of David. Uh, he's the son of David. In fact, 
on our my old church where I served, uh, the the Advent paraments had uh, had uh, the, the the messianic rose uh, depicted oh, yes. on the paraments. You know, I've I've always liked that that uh, picture of uh, the rose. You are the rose of Sharon. You are the lily of the valleys. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, by the way, the whole purpose of the book of Ruth, not to tell us when we get married, we stay with one another, but that the line of David continued through Boaz. That's right. All right. I'll read three. Paschal lamb, your offering finished once for all when you were slain in its fullness undiminished shall forevermore remain. Alleluia, 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 clearing souls from every stain, cleansing souls uh, from every stain. Yeah, yeah I both. like the way I like the way he included that word finished in that third stanza. Your offering finished. He used the very word uh that Jesus used at the cross. Yes. Yeah. It is, it finished. is finished. Yeah. You can have a powerful sermon there because okay. if there's anything to show that you are not saved by your works, it's the cross of Christ. Yeah. Once for all, when you were slain, the price was paid in full. There's nothing you can add to it. There's nothing you need add to it. It's been done, signed, sealed, and delivered in his own blood. And once more, we see that Jesus is doing all, all of this for us, right. not for himself. Now, here's another metaphor. Cleanses souls from every stain. How does that come about? Well, by by his very uh, atonement, his act of atonement, it is finished. Every uh, it and and also uh, that that forgiveness, that ultimate forgiveness and cleansing, is conveyed to us also in the Holy Supper. Forgiveness of sin, life, and salvation is conveyed to us, and uh, of course, it stems it stems from his uh, atoning work. His it is finished. Every every sin, every single sin, for that matter, every single sin that was ever committed by the whole world has been atoned for. The only thing I would do is back up a bit, and it's not the Lord's Supper that cleanses us from sin originally. It's what? Baptism. Yes. And that really makes sense, because what, do we, what element do we use in baptism? Water and the Word the gospel. And there's a passage from the Old Testament that says he will be watering you with the word and therefore cleansing you from all sin. Now, and and yet, and yet, Tom, uh when we go to the Lord's Supper, what do we receive? Forgiveness of sin, life and salvation. So, when we go to the Lord's Supper, do we go cleansed of our sin? Yes. Or are we still we're, we're sinners? All, no, we're already well. We're 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 sinners.
sinners, yes, we're repentant sinners, but we've already we've already become saints in baptism. Yeah. A lot of people can't understand yeah. that all of a sudden we're no longer sinners, but we are sinners. Yeah. And that's the difference between being forgiven and not being forgiven. Right. I've often said what forgiveness is, is God no longer holds you accountable for your sin. You still sin, but Jesus has been held accountable and everyone who trusts in him, their sins no longer are held accountable. All right, stanza four, please. Life imparting heavenly manna, stricken rock with streaming side, heaven and earth with loud hosanna, worship you, the lamb who died. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Risen, ascended, glorified. Risen, ascended, glorified. So, life imparting heavenly manna. So, even the word is now used. Remember, he's trying to help the students have a better understanding of what they just received in the Lord's Supper. So what did they receive? Heavenly manna. Yes. Let's see. Oh, uh, well, that's Christ. It's Christ. Uh, yes. Stricken rock with streaming side. Um, What's that, that referring that is to? Picture of, uh, that, that's a picture of the water and the blood uh, flowing from Christ's side when the, when the lance pierced him. And John, John witnessed that it was water and the blood. That's a reference also to our baptism and to the Lord's Supper. Yeah, I wasn't so sure. If you look at the first part of four, life imparting heavenly manna, that occurred in the wilderness. Right. Then stricken rock with streaming side. There's no mention there of blood. That's also occurred in the wilderness. That's right. When Moses was told to strike the rock and out forth uh, water to quench the, the Israelites. See, what Jesus says in the gospel for Sunday is that whoever believes in me shall never hungry, hunger nor ever thirst. And that's referring to the manna and the rock in the wilderness, they never thirsted. That's right. Did you remember how long the manna lasted? All, all the, through the 40 years, which I just mentioned that Sunday in the sermon, the manna ceased as soon as they got to the uh, uh, promised land. Yes, because Cana had all the food they needed. Right. And, and yeah, it was, so... it was a, ma a land flowing with milk and honey, right. Yeah, we just can't even imagine 40 years in a wilderness gives you another taste that they needed that manna on the ground. Yes. So always back to the Old Testament, then heaven and earth with loud hosanna worship you the lamb who died. What occasion would he be talking about there? Hosanna, 
let's see. Worship you, the Lamb who died. Hosanna. I'll give you a hint. Palm, Palm Sunday? I was thinking of my favorite Bible chapter, Revelation 5. Revelation 5, yes. Yes. When G- Jesus when appears and everybody is singing Hosanna to him. When all the, and all the throngs of heaven. Yes. Yes. And they're saying the same thing to Jesus as they said to the Father in chapter 4. In fact, I've, and this is Brighton, of course, on the commentary, that Revelation 5 is really another way of looking at the ascension of Jesus Christ coming to heaven, opening up the books, and showing that we have been saved by the blood of Christ because he has risen, ascended, and is glorified. Yes. Boy, you could make this hymn the text for Sunday. Yeah, I suppose you could. You sure could. All righty. Thank you very much, Pastor Smith, for being with us today. And we'll look forward to next Sunday's hymn of the week, God willing, on Tuesday. Until then, I'm Tom Baker. Tomorrow's program will be of interest to you. We've got a few topics we're deciding on. Join with us at 9.30. Until then... God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.